Welcome back, everybody, to the Stadium Journey podcast, and thanks for joining us tonight. Or if you're listening during the day, thanks for joining us this afternoon or this morning, wherever, whenever you're listening, don't matter to us. Uh, our, check out our new redesigned and awesomely incredible website, stadiumjourney.com. We are the world leader in sports travel information with reviews of over 2,600 stadiums from all around the world. All around the world can be very key tonight. Hang on to that phrase. We are more than just an awesome website. You can connect with us on our social media channels. Follow us at Stadium Journey. For the podcast, if you are wanting to listen to the podcast, say it in your car or something, you can find the audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast simply by picking up your phone, search HIAC Talk Radio Network, wherever you find your favorite podcast, we'll be there. If you want to watch the podcast, Video simulcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And if you want to be part of our live studio audience, we record live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. We're pretty close to 7 today. We almost hit the post. So the gang is all here tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him online at ProFan9. Mark Vquez can be found online at Ballpark Hunter. The above-average comedian, Dan Calachico's here. Is that a back scratcher you got? I have back scratches in almost every room in my house now. Butt scratches, butt scratches. Dan Calachico's here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me on the interweb at PacmanRI. And we are pleased to be joined tonight by former Stadium Journey correspondent, Ashvin Ladd. All right, so you might be asking, why would we have a former employee on the podcast? Well, you know, we don't do hard feelings here at Stadium Journey. But more importantly... Ashman was at the recently concluded World Cup in Qatar, and we wanted to bring him on to the podcast and talk about the experience. Ashman, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right. So I guess the first order of business is, how do you say the country the World Cup was <laughs> was held in? Oh, man. We were talking about it. A lot of I was there for a week. I heard Qatar. I heard Qatar. I heard Qatar from the Brits a lot. Um, a local told me is Qatar. So just kind of say cutter, but really fast, cutter. So that's why I would say it here on out. But back in the state, I'll, I'll go back to Qatar. All right. So that's what we'll use. If that's if that is widely accepted, we'll use it. We don't want to offend. So um, these this World Cup it was a little different. Um, held in in the Middle East for the first time. Uh, held in the fall. I, I was in the end of November, right? Am I getting that right, or was it in December? Both. Yeah, November to December. Yeah. Well, because it's like 120 degrees yeah, during the, the summer heat. there. So uh, give us a quick overall impression of the entire tournament experience. We'll get into it in detail in a little bit. Yeah, it was great. It was like my, it was my third World Cup. Uh, I did Germany 06, Brazil 14, and this one. Um, I think I would say anything we read beforehand going into it was way out of whack. Uh, the, as far as the readiness goes, uh, they were very well prepared and very ready for, for fans from all, from all over the world. Uh, the subway system was clean, was timely, was efficient. They had wayfinders all over the city, starting from the airport and all parts in between. We had a lot of volunteers everywhere guiding people around. Uh, very friendly staff, friendly volunteers. Um, I felt safe everywhere I went at all times and all days and all nights. Um, I had an overall experience. And the best part of this part, it was it was all in one city. So unlike other World Cups, you have to take one, one city here for a couple of days and take a train or fly somewhere else. This was all in one city. So you had the whole world there for the whole month in one city. 
uh, getting along, no politics, no government, no war talk. It was just about soccer and having a good time. That's all, what a difference from the setup that it's going to be in four years, huh? And it's going to be held in uh, Canada and the U.S. and Mexico. Yeah. Um, so going from a very compact location to uh, I can't get more spread out, really. Yeah, trying to. I don't think if you could ever done in the past or or in the future, I don't say a private jet or helicopter, but to do two matches in one day or three in one day, it's going to be hard to do uh, in four years or even eight years. Uh, for those of our listeners who might not be familiar with uh, the country of Qatar, it's it's in the Middle East. It's right. It's a very small country. How big is it? It's like the size of. I heard it compared to one of the states. Three million people. One. If I remember correctly, and only three hundred thousand are actual citizens. The rest are all um, expats coming in from other countries. Wow, a lot of money, a lot of oil money there, though, to build all these stadiums. How many stadiums did they have in this? They had eight stadiums. Uh, I would say I think seven were in the in Doha proper, and one was kind of way up north. Um, probably about a good hour and a half drive to get there. Jeez, may, I may like- still be considered Doha up there, but I'm not quite sure. But definitely, it was. A quite a haul to get up there and back, and and everything was built brand new specifically for the tournament. Correct? It was, yeah. Uh, and seven are still standing. One has already been dismantled. Are they planning to dismantle the rest of them? Yeah, I don't know. Are they are? I think they're going to move them to like some of them are going to be uh, removable stadiums and relocated to uh, other parts of the country. I'm not uh, to other nations. Yeah, one's already on its way to Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay's hope is they're bidding on the 2030 World Cup, and they're hoping if they can like recycle a stadium, they'll give them yes. some goodwill of FIFA. Huh, uh, right. That was Stadium 974. 974. That's the one. Yeah, that's what it's containers. called. 974. Yes, it's Qatar's country code, and it's built out of 900 shipping containers. So it's kind of cool storyline tying with that one. It was built out of shipping containers. 974 yeah. of them. Well, you know. I'm sorry. Before we got to the new website, there was an article up that had all the stadiums. That's right. Somebody went yeah. over there and took pictures of all the, the stadiums. <laughs> and, one, and a couple of them, I don't think, were ready at that time. This was yeah. like a year before the tournament. Yeah. And, and I remember seeing 974, and I was like, wow, it's uh, located portside, offers cool breezes, offer the Arabian Gulf, and uh, will be reused as a waterfront development, housing for local community. Uh, while some of those uh, seats will be transferred, you said to Uruguay. So, Uruguay. yeah, I didn't know it was going to be Uruguay, but the, there you go, being donated to other parts of the world. Yeah, so yeah. they're not I like those. Now go to Uruguay for a match there. It be how, how, you can't really say, and I'm, a lot of people in the world can say they're in the same stadium in two different countries. No, not <laughs> my goal is going to Uruguay now. So they're not like those uh, those overly, you know, busy South African uh, World Cup stadiums. That that have weeds growing up and they're like they were just completely abandoned after the South African World Cup. Yeah, well, I mean, sorry to jump in, but like part of the plan for Qatar getting the World Cup was that we were gonna they were gonna build reusable stadiums, and I think that was very attractive for FIFA, along with you know money. And, you know. <laughs> we all know it's attractive for yeah. FIFA. Yes. And, and we all can, we all have our beliefs about the Arab world, but you know, uh, you were over there and you saw firsthand how everything was held spot on professionally. So, uh, you know, we can kind of agree to disagree on that. Or if anybody thinks we're going to take a political post, probably not today. Uh, there's other channels you can listen to that. But as, as a, if you're a visitor from another country, 
you felt safe. You were never in a position where your life was in danger. And uh, you got from A, B, C and saw your games without any concerns, correct? Correct, yeah. And right. Even lodging, you know, a lot of stories are about tent cities over there or pods. I saw, none, I'm sure it was there. I just saw none of that and I heard about none of that from other guests. Mm -hmm. um, our facility we stayed in, we got very lucky. Brand new building. It's meant to be apartments to be rented out in the future, but they turned into a hotel. So we had a, a basically two-bedroom, three two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath unit, um, and we paid about 100 bucks a person per night for a week. It oh, was just oh. phenomenal. It was great. Really, really cool. 100 bucks a night per person. So 300 bucks a person or okay. per night. Yeah, no, that's that, that's a heck of a deal. That's better than, I guess, the Motel 6 in Indianapolis during the 500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some good, there's some Hilton's, Hyatt's, whatnot, you know, charging a couple grand a night. Yeah, stay away from that, obviously. Wow, a couple grand. Yeah. yeah. See that I was expecting those type of prices. Yeah, we did good. Okay. So there's deals. You can find deals out there. You just uh... it was it's on the FIFA site too. FIFA did a great job. It was okay. confusing at first, but once you figure it out and had patience with the interface and the system, it was actually pretty uh streamlined, pretty easy to navigate and find some good lodging good. and getting the tickets and reselling tickets and buying tickets on the resale site as well. Yeah. And and how were tickets uh prices for obviously some of the early matches, less sexy countries, a little bit better than. Yeah, they they had three categories. Um, category well, they had four, four category four for, for locals, which was the cheapest price point. Uh -huh. One was about uh, two fifty U.S. equivalent. Uh, category two is at one fifty, and then category mm -hmm. three was maybe about seventy five. Okay, so I have mostly category one, category twos, and then the the problem is, category one was anywhere on the sidelines. So it could be row one or up top. That's category one. So you're paying the same price between the last row on the okay. sideline or down below. Uh, category two is the corners. And cat three was um, the end lines, essentially. Yeah. So not terrible, not terribly priced. Not, not like not like going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, maybe the World Cup final might have brought similar prices. And again, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you are somebody who's willing to take the plane or, or travel to Qatar. Would it be wouldn't break the bank it, it would be you know some money you saved up and said hey you know what that, i'm glad i did that i got to see yeah. a major sporting event i think so my, my strategy now and i was with the two guys you probably know andrew van cleve and sean mcdonald we kind of oh, yeah um, oh sean andrew McDonald, and i yes. andrew and i kind of bought us together and i use air quotes because the way fifa set it up was just one of my things i i, I wasn't too fond of um you can sign up together get tickets for the same matches but you wouldn't sit together so there were families who had father and sons split up. They had husband and wife split up. And good and bad, if you're a father and a son with a kid, not a good thing. People were switching. That's great. But the bad thing, you're not with your buddy. But the good thing, I'm with other people around the country. I talk to you and you know, learn about and cheer on their, their, their team, which is kind of fun. Um, but you're able to, in the lottery, you have to pick up to 10 matches. You may not get them all. You may get some. So my, my strategy was, all three U.S. matches, I'm gonna, that's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And the other seven were the ones that were not being high demand, like Japan, or Japan, Costa Rica. Don't oh, so care about that one. Yeah. I'm well, on my head for that one. I so, would. <laughs> but being, being that my dad's from Costa Rica, but I understand. And oh, that would right. be awesome for me. I'd be like, yeah, let's go see the Ticos play all for three you. times. I don't know how I would have felt after that 7 nothing drubbing, but – but then they won like two. They beat Japan. Two. They beat Japan one nothing. That yeah. one oh yeah. It was great. But like yeah. Germany, 
or like I would say Mexico, um, Argentina. There's no way I'm getting that one. That's gonna be a high demand one. A lot of people are trying to get that one. So I got the seven I didn't care about. I got the best one's probably Germany, uh, Germany, Croatia, that matchup, Germany, Canada, or Germany, Japan was probably the best matchup. Um, the seven. I didn't get any of the US ones, but what FIFA did was the night before matches, in the middle of the night, and they didn't announce it, people found out randomly they would release more tickets. So the night before US to England, I went on them on, I don't know, 6 a.m., 5 a.m., and snagged one at midfield for USA um, England uh, the, the morning of, which was great, at face value um, on the normal ticketing site, which was great. So I was, I was excited. I got one USA match. I was happy. It's the one I cared about. Even though it was a zero zero draw, I was so happy I was there for that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Support your country. Who wouldn't want to see that? Right. So was all the uh... – the, when you you were talking about the subway and getting around and all that kind of stuff, uh, was all that infrastructure new as well? It looked very new, yeah. Built for, built for the World Cup? Built for the World Cup, yep. And they built the, the subway stops right by the um, the station or the, the stadiums. Well, they had, they must they had plenty of time to plan for it, right? So, yep. Been twelve years, right? Um, it's it been a while. Yeah, because they announced oh, yeah. Russia and Qatar at the same time. Plus, a, plus an extra. They had like an extra year. Was it year or two years? Because it, it it got the it got pushed back because of COVID too. Did it not? No, no, it was twenty twenty two the whole time. Oh. <laughs> I think it got pushed back from the spring or summer to the fall. But that's what it was. Yeah, yeah from July that's... to November, December. Yeah, once they realized we can't have guys running around or or you know however many people were in the stadiums. How big were these stadiums? Uh, I would say between 40,000 um, to 90,000. The 90,000 one I didn't go to, that's where they held the finals. I think I was in um, Lucille, which they, 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 I went up there just to check it out, but I didn't go to a match there. But they built up a brand new neighborhood, essentially, a brand new district. It was beautiful shops, restaurants, um, and then the stadium. We got even guitars in the uh, live, work, play stadium race now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Did, um, one question I want to ask you about, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around recyclable stadiums. Did it feel like you were in a temporary facility or did it feel like a permanent, regular thing? Uh, it depends what part of the stadium you were. Some felt pretty permanent. Some felt like it was like an add-on, like you were expanding for like a major event. Okay. Um, but the seating, one thing they did, I wish we'd do it here now, looking, looking back. There were no armrests in the, in the seats, so you had more room to spread out. Amen to that. Yeah, the armrests yeah. really make you tight. Here, it's like it was it was great. No one felt tight at all in their normal seats. Just no armrests. It was great. Yeah, let's let's start uh, talking about that, huh? <laughs> I know, especially Wait. when you get the armrest with the cup holder on the end of the armrest. Yeah, you can't squeeze your. Oh, yeah. I can't squeeze my fat ass into the seats anymore. <laughs> I got to kind of slide in this way. <laughs> Freedom Hall. You would have hated Freedom Hall. <laughs> I was at the Giant Center a couple weeks ago, man. It was horrible. I got bruises on both sides of my legs from the cup holders. So, Ashvin, how would you have compared? So, you said you were in in Germany, in Brazil. How would you have compared this um, this World Cup? Let's say, like how how it was put together, how it was organized, versus the other two. Uh, hard to say for Brazil. I only went for the semifinals, so it was just like two nights, basically in and out, an overnight bus. 
Uh, so I've compared it to Germany, and I would say, again, it was just di- it was different. You're not going to Munich for a day, sightseeing, going to a match, and then heading out to the next city. It's it's there, and you want to take advantage of all the soccer you can. So you're trying to hustle around to do not just one match, but two matches, maybe three matches in a day. Uh, so it's, it makes for long days and long nights. When your last match is at 10 p.m., gets out at midnight, and you're still maybe two hours away from getting home, um, it's, it makes for a very long day, um, but it was a fun day because um, there was still time in the mornings to see the city, see your neighborhoods, uh, kind of do a little sightseeing. Um, but it was definitely exhausting to try and get as much sake as you can. And I would say FIFA, and again, this is just basically just with technology and just going along um, years going on, FIFA resale platform, unlike Past ones where you buy on StubHub and they have high markups. FIFA controlled the resale market here. You couldn't buy anything on StubHub or Ticketmaster, for example. Uh, and there was no markups. So if I, I sold one ticket, I need a day off. So I sold all my tickets on the FIFA platform. I lost 5% on that, but there was no markup to the buyer. The buyer was seeing basically the face value of what they would have bought from a normal site, which is great. You, would, you, know, you didn't have that in the past World Cups. Fans are getting gouged left and right on on pricing. So that for that I applaud FIFA on on keeping it very call it equitable um, for everybody. So are you saying that that Taylor Swift needs to start selling her tickets to FIFA? FIFA, FIFA. <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen too. Well, in my experience at the Winter Classic last week, yeah, same thing. Yeah, or like any major league, yeah, you know, National Football League hockey. Yeah, it's amazing the markup values and uh the you know the fees you know you buy a ticket for 20 bucks and you're paying 45 for it you're like what the heck yeah. where, where, did, where did all this come from yeah you know oh, you guys like, got it easy man try doing that plus adding an exchange rate to it oh <laughs> hey tick pick tick pick.com they don't charge you fees so, <laughs> so they, do, that, they just don't tell you what they are yeah. what's that it was 3.6 to 1 exchange rate uh, so Ooh. if you don't want to, if you want to be like Andrew and do three matches in a, in a day, Uber was so cheap. Uh, he was hustling around Ubers, get from match to match to match, um, to get around. If you don't want to do the subway, uh, the exchange rate was great. Things are cheap as it was over there, but with that three to one exchange rate made it even cheaper, which is great. And no, and no alcohol, right? No alcohol in the stadium. Or- There's alcohol in the fan fest, just okay. Budweiser, uh, oh. like 15, no I'll say 15 equivalent US dollars uh, for, for maybe a 24-ouncer. How much? for How, how many ounces? 24 ounces about. Oh, 15 bucks. Yeah, not, not for Budweiser. Fest, only Budweiser, and it wasn't that. And there was no limits. People were walking away with four or five Budweiser glasses in their hands. It wasn't like a, over here was two per person. And then the hotel bars had, um, you yeah. could buy alcohol there as well. Definitely marked up. I had a Heineken. Maybe about a 60 ounce Heineken for like, I think 15 bucks as well. So definitely took advantage of expats over there, but yeah, well that that's where they make their money. It will give yeah. you cheap Uber, cheap hotel, but we're going to charge you 15 for that Budweiser. Right. <laughs> you, you could get it. And there are definitely lines out the doors for hotels and flows bars to get in uh, on mat during matches. Mm-hmm. Um, the good, the bad part is they allow smoking in there as well. So if you're used to like Illinois or most America now, where you don't have indoor smoking and you yes. there. It's a shock to the system. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with you because uh, Shelbyville, Indiana, you could apparently still smoke in the bars and 
in restaurants. And I, I walked into a bar and I walked back at five minutes later and I smelled like I was still smoking. Like yeah. I forgot what that smell was like. Yeah. And there was a time when I was an advocate, eh, let people smoke in the bar or if they want to. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I, I can imagine what that smelled like. And it gets on your beard and it gets on your, your clothes and you come your home. Eyes, your, wife's, all bloodshot yeah. now. your wife is like, have you been smoking? I thought you quit. I go, no, I was in Shelbyville. <laughs> oh yeah. That explains it. Wait, there's actually a town called Shelbyville. Shelbyville. Yes. And, and parts of like, uh, of where I live, uh, parts of this county, I you know, people say that there's some bars you can smoke in still, which I find kind of odd. You know, it's. Well, um, I think they were still smoking in Freedom Hall. Oh yeah, yeah, I can Man, see that. that, that who's been a residual smoke from the seventies in that place? Yeah, I, who's going to stop that? Or they haven't changed like the air filters in that no, joint. Since. No, that place looks like it looks like it's forty years out of date. I I know people grew up and love that place. I guess with 20,000 Cardinal fans, it's a different experience, but <laughs> that's the first thing I felt when I walked in there. I was like, it smells like yeah, really old cigarettes. Yeah. Kind of like the Kalamazoo <laughs> event center up in Rose. Michigan. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, anyway. I was there. I wanted to take one of those banners on the wall and move it and just see if the wall. Yeah. Was <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I want to see if there's like a, a smoke ring around. Yeah. It. <laughs> uh, back to the world cup. <laughs> on task. Uh, so when you're when you're at a World Cup, I guess you've got like this huge conglomerate of of all people from all over the place. So how would you? How can you? I mean, and maybe this is way way over generalizing, but I mean, we saw we saw the uh, the stuff on television about like the Japanese fans who would go and they would pick up all the garbage in the stadium after like. How did the how were the fans different, you know, from nation to nation to nation, or were they that different? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I didn't look that closely or notice anything different. Everybody was just having a good time. Everybody got along with everybody else. Um, no one was doing anything that would that stood out as their country or their culture, um, other than loud Americans for one. Um, that's, that's kind of a thing. Um, I would say people were definitely the Moroccans. I can't remember who they they upset. Um, the Moroccans were definitely treated as rock stars after their big win. I can't remember who they beat, but everybody's high fiving them in the streets, on the buses, and the subways, and they won't even set if like a rock star right now. This is the so Moroccans. Great. The Moroccans beat Belgium. That's what they, they beat everybody and Croatia. They no, beat Portugal. Who else was in that group? They, they beat everybody in that group. They beat Spain, right? Did they beat Spain the round? They're legendary. They beat everybody. Yeah, beat everybody. Except <laughs> when it mattered. <laughs> Didn't they make the semifinals? They yes. yeah, they they uh yeah, they lost they to uh, France. Yeah, that's right. They beat Canada and I did yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, they won that group. Yeah. Yeah, they were kicking butt. Yeah, but nobody really stood out as far as you know. This is what the the Canadians do. This is what the Brits do. It's just everybody's mm -hmm. there, integrating, socializing. That's awesome. Actually, they're, they're that I forget what's called now. There's a big marketplace, well-known market area, outdoors. A lot of uh, restaurants outdoors. Um, a lot of game watches in that area too. People just just getting along, having a great time. I would that, say there were people were buying each other beers, but there's no alcohol allowed there. But I think if it would have, people would have been doing that easily. And yeah, that was easily. like. Uh, that was kind of last 
minute. Maybe not a last second decision, oh, but a last second fired. kind of announcement, wasn't it? That you could get. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. had kegs and kegs and kegs of Budweiser. They're sitting there. No. There it's going about the way. Now, you said you went to the Japan Costa Rica game? I did, yeah. How, how were the Costa Ricans there? Because I've watched international games of Costa Rica in the United States, and there seems to be very little Ticos out there. What, I didn't see anybody at all. Yeah, from yeah. Costa Rica? Uh, yeah. I was rooting for, for you guys. I went to Costa Rica last year, so I, was, yeah. I made a few friends down. I was rooting for them. Nice. Um, there were a couple Central American people um, that were sitting next to me rooting for Costa Rica, and so I was rooting for Costa Rica as well with they, them. But... They just – they don't have a fan base. I, I saw them play Honduras and Guatemala, and it, you know they're all out there, and then Mexico came to play the second game. Just little pockets of, of Costa Ricans. We just don't travel. I mean, maybe um, – The biggest fan base I saw were the Mexicans by far. I can um, see that, definitely. They were huge. The Brazilians were huge. Americans were uh, well-represented. The Canadians were out there a lot too. Oh, I was there for Canada's first World Cup goal. It was great. There you I go. I was so excited for you guys. People around me were in, literally in tears after that, after that that first goal. It's been I a was while. So happy for you guys. I was there. Alfonso Davies. That's why I'm wearing this hat. It's been and a while. I was there too. Sean's whole goal was to see Canada's first goal. He didn't have tickets to any Canada match, and he scalped one somehow um, to get in. Uh, so I was happy for him as well. Uh, but he was funny. He saw. There was someone else's uh, first goal as well. Maybe in, uh, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, or not Qatar, uh, Morocco's. He's like, I'm going to be very upset if I saw some other, other country's first goal and not Canada's. Mm-hmm. Well, then the, the Saudis had some big, huge upset early on. And didn't they, like, didn't the Saudi prince say he was going to buy like, everybody on the team a Rolls Royce? They beat Argentina? Yeah, they got they, they, they Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, that was, they, they were, yeah. Argentina was upset the first game, just like, yeah. just like against Cameroon in 1990. But yeah, they they had yeah, Argentina sometimes drops those first games <laughs> to these unexpected countries. But that that's what you love to see. You love to see World Cup shockers. You know, a tiny country just you know beating a, a world giant. You know that that's what makes it fun. But unless you're you know a fan of that team getting beat, but you know what I mean. I was hoping for the Americans to put on a better show, but. They're young, and and hopefully with you know four years from now, maybe eight, we'll see a little different story. But uh, you know that when you bring up the fact that you can get to some, you know, these stadiums were not that far from one another. It reminded me of when the NCAA held the Final Four in Indianapolis in 2020. You had Butler, you had Downtown Indy, two venues. Uh, you had IUPUI was, I mean, I guess you had the fairgrounds. So you had four venues in Indianapolis to get to, which were easily accessible. Uh, then you had some, I think you had some games in Purdue and maybe Bloomington. Uh, but that was amazing because you had the whole country coming here to watch their co- college team. And it was this excitement. You saw the Rutgers fans and the, the Hartford fans. There were a few out there. Butler fans were out there and, and Baylor and uh, here it is probably projected at like 100 times greater in Qatar. So how – you said you went to two stadiums. That was your max. Did you do three? You know, Andrew did three. Andrew, um, and so you said the furthest gap was an hour – was an hour and a half between about the stadiums? An hour and a half drive, yeah. About three, okay. $3 Uber ride each way, which is great. But, um, yeah, it was, they're all compact. Um, but that was one that was kind of an outlier you know, up there. Yeah, but most of them were within – what, 30 minutes of each other? One was, for us, one was like a, a, maybe a 40-minute walk. 
from our where oh. we're staying and then okay. west were yeah 15 20 minute uber rides that, away. yeah that's like spring training in phoenix as well the area yeah. which uh yeah see that that's kind of a great concept i wonder if we would see something like that in the future with a with a small it would have to probably be a small country that says hey we're just going to host the world cup in six different stadiums all within walking not, not walking distance all within reasonable distance to uh make it easier on everybody that's that's an interesting concept but, to see but if here's here's kind of the the contrary to that that take a lot look of money. At, at sort of the the stage and that's it the the money factor right so yeah in in the next world cup you don't have to build a whole whack of infrastructure right like so you got to you got to throw some dirt in some of these turf stadiums and put down some grass big deal right but i mean you look at the olympics i mean they're having trouble finding countries to <laughs> you know to apply right to, well look what happened to the yeah, yeah. They, it, it, it's now like paris are you still in you paris in los angeles is it, anybody else is there anyone else anyone anybody. anyone anyone no <laughs> like that and i think you know south africa was a was a lesson right that it's so much money to build those stadiums but what's the plan after and and yeah. how are you going to make that work or are you just like totally just throwing money down the tubes and it it sure looked like some of those stadiums which haven't been touched since are a big waste of money and can you afford can you afford to do that right I think Qatar could afford to do that. They bought oil money there. Yeah, it, nothing. Um, yeah, a rich country like Qatar would would be, have to pull that off. Yeah, it's it's easier said than done. So, uh, how many like how how prevalent were the locals? Like, obviously, you saw them in in you know working in a, in all of these places. But like, did you see a a lot of locals or like in the in the facilities? You know, taking part like fans like everybody else or yeah i didn't at all I, I, that's the question i didn't uh i noticed that right away um because they, they had the cheapest price point to get in maybe about 30 bucks a us to get in um they had their own little um section and it was always empty and it eight, <laughs> after eight matches i saw no uh qatari people at all now i saw a lot of people i saw a lot of middle easterners but there were i didn't think there were locals though so they had definitely prime seats in in boxes and suites and whatnot not with with the people like me, and I asked one Uber driver, um, "Why is that? Because you did a lot all this work to get World Cup here, and no locals are going there." He just said, "We're all busy working because it's during the day. It's first match was like at one o'clock, and then four o'clock, and then seven o'clock, and then ten o'clock. The seven and ten you could probably make, but then you got to go home, take care of the kids, and whatnot. So right. he just said, "We're busy working. There's money to be made. Yeah, we're taking care of you guys. That's what he said. We're taking care of you guys." We're visiting us. Like, okay, I get it. A lot of positive PR for a country that probably a lot of a lot of people didn't never even heard of before. The right. I would say with the locals go a few times I saw this in our neighborhood, and you see this back in the fifties, sixties. Uh, there were retail shops that had a TV screen on inside, and gobs of people in the neighborhoods outside watching it uh, through the window. It was great to see, just seeing their reactions and just. That's what we did back in you know 40, 50 years ago, and they're doing it today. Mm. It was like a sense of community for them to watch other countries play on someone else's TV in the street. Yeah, probably much bigger 
higher definition TV. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those box tubes box we TVs. had. Yeah. Yeah. Box TVs in the in front of the uh, department store. Hey, guys, check it out. We're going to Sears to watch the hockey game. Yeah. It's going to make it a Sears day. <laughs> they got a 25 inch TV, gang. So, what do you think? Uh, Canada, Mexico, the United States can learn, if anything, from how this past World Cup was put on. And, and Mark knows this because Indianapolis, I think, is like the the, the guitar of. Uh... No, I think it's just the when it comes to hosting events. They are very welcoming. Indianapolis is yeah. a lot of great volunteers out there. Um, directing traffic, you know, how do you get to a certain point A to point B? Uh, very friendly. That's what Qatar was. And I think if we can get Canada, US, and Mexico, all the different cities to do that, the problem with the United States is every city is has a different region, has a different culture. Yeah. Um, they interact people different ways. It's not uniform like you have in Qatar. Um, so going to the Meadowlands will be a different experience than going to SoFi Stadium. Um, so trying to get that um, uniformity in the welcomeness of us to welcome everybody the world here will be hard to do. Uh, I think probably do it in Canada, uh, maybe in Mexico, but it's gonna be hard to do in the United States. And that's the one thing they did. Now, I, was, I don't want to get political by any means. Um, it's not a political statement, but I, I did see, as far as welcoming goes, people were definitely on megaphones saying, you are all welcome. Every one of you is all welcome. To the point where I saw two different uh, gay couples holding hands in the streets and no one giving them a hard time at all at all different days different areas of the city holding hands uh different couples and it was just like they blended right in um so w- whether it was for show they put on or they really have come a long ways since even five six seven years ago um uh, what we can take away is just their ability to welcome the world uh, and greet us um and make us one of their own yeah there's not much likelihood in in that same sort of ticket structure uh that was that was there coming to the next world cup is there well fifa manages it it's it's fifa's show isn't it so maybe maybe they can i don't know I how, do you, so. how do you control that secondary market i guess yes i don't know how you can you stop stuff up that's true i don't know how to stop that one um they did have they did have ways to prevent you from me listening on Subhub. Subhub wouldn't accept it, um, and I know I I got tickets to Wimbledon last year uh, in the lottery. It went hit my mom, and you couldn't resell those either. And even tra- trying to transfer them to, to a friend in London, my mom broke her foot, couldn't go. I could only transfer one ticket. I couldn't transfer both. They had a lockdown on transferring both. Um, so I basically that my friend my credentials to log in on the app to utilize them. That's what a lot of people did when they're scalping is if they would trust people, say, hey, here's my credentials, give me the money, go in there, log into my account, and then log out right away so I can, like, sell other tickets. You know, we I, we ran into something, I mean, not not maybe a little bit similar when we were in, in Dallas. We wanted to buy Stars tickets, and there was there were seven of us. It was my family and my sister-in-law my nephews, and... So I could find the seven seats together, no problem, but I could only buy four. So I'm like, okay, fine, no problem. I'll throw in a different email address. Nope. 
Okay, I'll mm. put my wife's email address in and use her credit card. Nope. Right? Like, so I ended address. up having to call my sister-in-law and say, hey, go on, <laughs> Ticketmaster, buy these three oh, seats. They're there right now. Get these pain in a butt to get wow. tickets. Wow. <laughs> and they're still available. That's good. Good yeah. for you. But yeah, we, yeah, we got them. We all sat together. That was that was great. But holy, it was, it's like wow. Like, oh. Here, here's an aside. I was just looking up Qatar online, and we're we're talking about the geography of Qatar. If it was a United States state, it would be the 49th largest state. It was. It's just a little smaller than Connecticut. You know, I was going to say you an idea how big. Yes, yeah. I was going to say Connecticut. Like, I think it's that size. Uh, that wow, that's amazing. I think that that. That's area or population area wise, maybe. Area wise. Area wise, yeah. So you could fit it inside the Cowboys Stadium, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess one of the rumors that we heard was about uh falsifying fans. That that there were local situations where they brought in a bunch of guys from I don't know the, people were saying India or whatever, and they were being representative of of certain fans. You didn't see anything like that, or no, not at all. That was that was just a weird thing that I I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I didn't hear that at all from anybody. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I don't know why you do that. Why would you do that? Well, I you know there, let's be real. There were before going in and and. You know, I'm I I can I can say I'm I'm not like you had I had zero consideration of ever going to the World Cup. Um you know, I'm I'm not a huge international traveler, you know, outside of Canada, the United States. Uh so there's a lot of a lot of mystery involved. A lot of, you know, political like there's a lot of skepticism. Yeah. There's the whole FIFA backstory where, you know, like, okay, how did they really get it? Even the president or former president now is saying, well, maybe it wasn't a good idea that we went over there. So, you know, there's a, a whole lot of not knowing, right? So you hear a story like that, and it's like, really? Oh, well, I, I guess it kind of fits into the narrative that I've heard before. Maybe it's not that crazy. So. I don't know. I think it's kind of exciting. Go ahead. I think it's kind of exciting that they're going to different places. I mean, if they're in Qatar, they, there was a World Cup in South Africa. Ashman, you were talking about Uruguay, thinking of bidding for one. Um, what was was there one in Japan and Korea recently too, right? Oh, two. So, oh, yeah, two. so it's it's really a World Cup now. It's not just limited and, and to Uruguay. Europe. doing with Argentina, what I heard. I read it's Argentina, Uruguay hosting it. And then also in the 30 bid, I think it's Morocco. Um, Egypt and someone else in that region. So North, Northern Africa? Yeah. Not Libya. <laughs> not Libya. Well, I, I will say... Yet. Well, who knows? Who knows what could happen in 20 years? I will say, if you do enjoy the political stuff, not not political, international, human rights, that kind of stuff, but the, the political interworkings of a ginormously massive international corporation... Read some of the stuff on, you know, FIFA and CONCACAF and Sepp Blatter and Chuck Blazer. And it is just unbelievable. It is it is gross how corrupt. At the very least, I'll say how corrupt it was. I don't know if it still is or not. What was more corrupt, FIFA or the Olympic 
committee. That's that's tough to say. The thing with you know <laughs> the thing with FIFA is is that each country brings a vote. So, you know, Concacaf, and, and and you think about who the power plays, how who the power players were. Like Concacaf was run by this by the guy in Trinidad, right? This this small little Caribbean country. But what did he bring? Well, he could control that whole Caribbean area, which brought a whole whack of votes. Same thing with the African uh, Federation, right? Whoever is influential there, they could go to FIFA or whoever is running running for president or wants a World Cup, and they could say, well, you know what? I can deliver 35 votes in Africa, or I can deliver, you know, 25 votes in from CONCACAF or however many it is. But it, it, it's interesting how these little tiny countries just carry so much weight as compared to the United States. You know, the United States has one vote, but so does Cuba. So does, you know, Trinidad. All, it, it's, it's, it's this interesting democracy, but it's almost this, it's almost perverted democracy. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, like the money can, can, you know, pull those votes, but each vote matters. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Fascinating. It's amazing then that the World Cup hasn't been moved to some of these smaller countries earlier then. Well, it's, it's when you, when you, well, they're running out of countries. They votes, have. right? Like <laughs> there would be money that would have to go in. So money, you know, the money. Yeah, Luxembourg yeah, it, can probably pull it off. They have a lot of money in Luxembourg. They can pull it, pull it off too if they want. If if you want Haiti's vote, how are you getting Haiti's vote? Well, you got to put money into the Haiti Soccer Federation or whatever, and you got to line the pocket of the of the Haitian delegate, sort of right. thing, right? It, so. Yeah, it just take it takes a lot of money and a lot of politicking. Holy moly! And to think that there was a an American like right at the center of all of it. But yeah, FBI wiretaps, you got it all there, man. It's it's the it's the making of a terrific series of movies because it's way too big to be just one. Where well, there's money. <laughs> And did you ever see, have you seen that the guy? He is the most unlooking, unsoccer looking person ever. The, uh, <laughs> the American guy who who was all all uh, wired up, and you know the feds the feds got him, and yeah. Remember, remember his name? What's his name? Uh, Chuck Blazer. Okay. Yep, taken down by a few accountants. Hey, where's this guy getting all this money? And he was and he was dating like a a, a soap opera star, and he had a, 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 an apartment up in like, you know, like in Trump Tower or something like that. This, you know, huge huge dollars paid nothing. Like it, it was all on Concacaf's dime, because he was like the he wasn't the president, he was like the the secretary or something like that. He was the guy behind the president, and he was pulling all the strings or whatever. But yeah, there's there's some awesome literature on it. And just you just like you read it and you're like and your jaw is dropping the whole time. So I mean that part it it's 
you have to really look past it, right? To I think to enjoy. I, I didn't watch a ton. I you know once Canada was out, once Belgium was out, then I was kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, so I wasn't overly interested in, uh, you know, the same, the same old. Not Argentina. Argentina is going again. Oh, great! I have a one since '86, so I was definitely rooting for them. That'd but, be Messi. Oh, get him a win. Yeah, Messi finally get his his uh, title. But yeah, if if you're not a fan of Argentina, or I, I get it, you know, it it is nice to see some new teams. You know, would it be great to see the U.S. versus Costa Rica in a World Cup? Heck yeah! But <laughs> well, it almost gets to be like that Final Four thing, right? Where you know. We love that be. that first round upset. Yeah. But you know what? In the end, it's going to be Kentucky or it's going to be Not Duke or it's going to be Carolina or Kansas. It's going to be the same old, same old, same old. So I, yeah, I'd be that Moroccan miracle would have been awesome if it would have kept going. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I wonder if the FIFA executives were sweating out a Croatia Morocco final. Oof. I mean, they, well, yeah, Croatia did make it last uh, the last time against France. They've so, got their uh, money. Yeah, you never <laughs> it know. It doesn't matter to them. Now, NBC or Fox or whoever has <laughs> paid the gazillion dollars in in TV rights might be freaking out a little bit, but like last night's game. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, well, that was bad. It happens. I remember those fifty-five to ten Super Bowls. Every Super Bowl in the eighties. I got to be honest. Twelve I was, straight years. I was surprised that it started at seven thirty. Um, so it was pretty much done before I was expecting it to start. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the best college game ever that I was at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, oh man, amazing. Oh, Jesus, we want to switch gears for a second. Ashvin, you told us before the show that you just completed a pretty epic quest this year. Yeah, right before I went to Qatar, I, I started the NFL season with 11 more stadiums to go. Hmm. And I just said, or, or new active ones, I just said, you know what, I'm going to knock them all out this year. And so I, over eight weeks, I did 11 stadiums in eight weeks. That first Ooh. week I did, well, week two, I did KC on a Thursday, Pittsburgh on a Sunday, and then I drove to Buffalo for their home opener. Uh, on the Monday night. So I ended up doing like four home openers, I think, when all said and done, which is great. Uh, and then I did, let's see, after that, I went to Denver for a Sunday night game. And then I went to Detroit, Seattle. And then I hit uh, Jacksonville on a Sunday, drove to Tampa for a Thursday night game, flew to Houston for that Sunday game. And then I did New England and finished up with the Raiders. So it was, at 11, it was 11 stadiums in eight weeks. And then I thought I was being efficient. I was exhausted. It was just, it was horrible. Now, how, many, how many of those cities did you get to kind of do some sightseeing in? <laughs> uh, I've been to all of them before. So okay. for me, we just okay. try out new restaurants uh, more yeah. than anything else. Yeah, I, I, notice, I notice when I go to ballparks, I, uh, I'll just show up in a, a small town. Like I think Roanoke, Virginia, Salem, I, I didn't just spent the night there and you know, looking back, it would have been nice to see what the uh, town had to offer. But no, I had to drive to Norfolk to, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. see to to see the tides. <laughs> so baseball's not going to wait for me. I got to go to it. So. And, and that was Andrew in Doha. Andrew didn't care about the Doha. He wanted to get hit match, 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 mm-hmm. match, match. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I need a day off just to see Doha. I'm all the way over here. Yeah, no. Back right, here right. Again. 
it's yeah, funny so how right. some people will will just the game is is the only thing and other people it's the the uh, whole experience the whole big yeah. experience tell Andrew us a little bit about hit, the city of doha he won't hit all eight stadiums and we'll do a triple header that's all you cared about and he did both so good for him yeah nice tell us a little bit about doha uh beautiful city uh very uh it's got it's like it's very it has modern area great architecture downtown in the central business district um very modern look uh very clean and then you also have your neighborhoods uh which is very nice we were in a normal neighborhood had your low-end or I should say low-end low-key restaurants uh little hangout areas uh again very easy to get around for the subway very walkable city um, everything was free for World Cup people. You had your little Hyatt card, just flash it, hop on any bus for free, hop on the subway for free. Um, again, I felt very safe at all times of the day. Uh, people were very friendly. And even <laughs> I took Arabic uh, this past summer just to get ready. And my, my first instruction, the guy said, you don't need Arabic. They all speak English very well. And so I got there and he's right. They all speak English very well. Mm. Um, so English is well-spoken, no matter where you go. So you were like, damn it, I wasted all that money on Arabic lessons for nothing. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> but the intent was there to, you know, be cultured at least. Um, but yeah, it's very, very modern looking city. Definitely a lot of money there. Known for uh, skyscrapers, isn't it? They are. Now, I would say like like they have in Dubai. Uh, right. It's not that tall. I'd still say Chicago, New York have a better skyline than Doha. But it's definitely a more of a modern look. Uh, architecture is definitely futuristic. Nice. Uh, there's Just, one uh, area education city where they have a stadium there, and it's called that. They have like campuses of George, Georgetown's there, Northwestern, Texas A&M. They have a whole host of college, U.S. college campuses over there in one area, one neighborhood. Wow, which is kind of hmm. nice. Best uh, local food that you had there? Uh, a lemon chicken shawarma, by far. Oh, oh. and it was like the equivalent of two dollars. Oh. It was so good. Probably tastes nice. nothing like you can get here. Is that correct? No, or, not at all. No. Yeah. I went back and got a second one. I it ate was it. was a real deal. I huh? get another one. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say two bucks, you should have had another one. No yeah. kidding. So they, were, they were pretty big to start with. But I was, I was just craving it. Even though I was full, I was just craving another one. And then I would say there's a grocery store next to us as well. And we all know what Toblerones are like. They had a Toblerone ice cream bar. Never seen anywhere in the world before. That was my dessert every night, which is like a dollar at best. Huh. Wow, now that you're making yeah. me hungry, we might have to wrap up so I can go lemon get Lemon chicken food. shawarma was so good. I want to go get a lemon chicken shawarma. <laughs> are, you, are you planning on uh, going somewhere for the next one? Uh, well, it's here. But I'd like to go to Mexico. I think they're going to have one in Monterey. I'd like to go to Monterey and Mexico City. That's the two Mexican cities, correct? Yeah. 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 What's the, like the Canadian cities, to, Dave? Um, Vancouver, Vancouver, Toronto. Vancouver. I think it's Vancouver, Toronto, Toronto. Montreal. Correct. And yeah. the U.S. is all over the place. Seattle, L.A., Houston, Kansas City, Atlanta, Miami, Dallas, Houston, New York. Boston, Boston, right? So Des I do Moines. want to go to MetLife Stadium for the finals. I've never been to a, I've been to semis, never been to finals, been opening rounds, the group stage. So that's my goal now. Next time, Monterey, Mexico City, East Rutherford. So we'll we'll book you for uh, January of 2027, then for you to come back on the show. <laughs> sure. Well, that that would be during the that would be during yeah, the summer. Be in the summer. Yeah, yeah, so maybe like August. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, so I guess that's where we'll wrap it up for tonight. I want to thank everybody who who uh, watched or listened to the podcast. Um, Ashman, Ashman, uh, Ashman, thanks for coming. And, yeah, thanks uh, for love me. talking about it. So, uh, Dan, where can our listeners follow your stadium journeys online? Oh, that that's it. Oh, uh, uh, Dan ninety three. Mark, how about you? You got any plans uh, for the next couple couple of weeks? And where can our listeners follow your adventures? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out some high school basketball gyms that I haven't seen yet here in Indiana. I think the Winchester Fieldhouse. Everybody says that's a classic old school place. And uh, in February, I'm gonna go to Xavier in uh, Cincinnati to see some college hoops, and uh, also try to make it to Butler to see them play Seton Hall at the end of the month. So it's going to be going to be like a basketball type of month for me uh, as I stay warm or, or try to stay, you know, off the heat because today was like 50 degrees here in Indy. Uh, follow me at Ballpark Hunter at YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Everybody subscribe. Uh, great content every Monday and Thursday. You can also follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. So uh, just uh, give me a shout out. And I'll... I'll respond. Yeah, I do tick. I say I do TikTok, but I really don't do TikTok. Mark does those little dances. Or it's there. I try, I try to do the Wednesday dance. Yeah, I'll do the Wednesday dance, but it looks, <laughs> it looks foolish on me. <laughs> Dave, where can I just follow you? And where are you heading? Well, you know, after the Christmas break, I'm not allowed to go to games anymore. <laughs> you want to tell, tell the folks listening where you just went for the past week and a half? Oh, a week and a half? Oh, it was epic. It was epic. Uh, you actually told me, you messaged me at one point, you said, this is the best trip I've ever taken. Wow. <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome. So, yeah, we spent the we spent the week in, in Dallas. It was our first trip to Texas at all, for the most part. Now, Jackson and I drove down, so, you know, you hit stuff on the way down, you hit stuff on the way back. So, we hit Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, TCU Basketball, Dallas Mavericks, UT Arlington Basketball, Dallas Stars, uh, SMU Basketball, the Cotton Bowl. Uh, shout out to our buddy Mike Davis. Thanks for the upgrade. Cotton Bowl was amazing. Best game ever. Uh, Arkansas Basketball, Bellarmine Basketball. And then when I got home, I had to go to Laurier Basketball. So. You didn't even mention the rodeo you went to. And the rodeo, yes. <laughs> I got to say, you know what? Anybody who feels guilty about watching football because, you know, it's violent and whatnot, watch a, a good half hour of bull riding. That everybody gets hurt in bull riding. Oh, my gosh. People's bodies were not meant to slam into the ground on those angles at such a velocity from Oof. such a height. Or be stabbed by bullhorns and stuff. Yeah. But apparently Brazil, the guy who won... Oh, no, he didn't win. He came in second. He was, like, ancient for bull riding. He was 46. Brazilian. Uh, apparently, Brazilians are amazing at bull riding. So, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, that that was a, an epic trip. Um, but, no, I do have stuff coming up. It's all local, though. Uh, Kitchener Rangers, Laurier, hockey, and basketball. Um, not all local, I guess. Uh, the Frosty Mug. Here's a sign that COVID is past so i get to go to the frosty mug again uh where laurier plays guelph at the sleeman center where the guelph storm play and uh the dad's christmas present uh i'm taking the dads to buffalo for the sabers so you can follow all that and backtrack and see the epic trip on 
Instagram and Twitter at Profan9. Ashkin, I forgot to uh, ask you if you wanted to uh, promote your social media presence for our listeners, if you do, or you got anything exciting coming up after an NFL trip and a World Cup trip? And an Army-Navy trip. I was last minute, too. I found out I was going to be last one in Philly for a while, so I get out to Philly for that game. Nice. Um, but, yeah, thank you. Uh, Ashman Lad on Twitter and Instagram, just at Ashman Lad, first name, last name, nothing else. I've got a TikTok account also, but I don't ever use it. It's more for entertainment <laughs> purposes only. That's Ashman Lad 1. Um, and I'm going to uh, India next week. Uh, I'm going to catch uh, FC Mumbai um, February 4th. You said India playing. people, not Indiana. India, yeah, India. Now, will you will you be doing a review for Stadium Journey? I don't think we have one from India. No, I I did. So I did a couple in the past. I did a, Chicago a, Dogs was one. I remember Chicago Dogs, Wintrust. I did a I did F, another uh, soccer one in India, and a cricket stadium Pune in India as well. But I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I want to go to enjoy games. It's a lot of work getting there early and scouting things out. I just want to sit there and enjoy. So I apologize. If you're doing it right. It's a lot of work. You're right. At the bow out, couldn't. You, what? Well, you just sit and watch the games. What are you I talking sit and about? Watch the games. Mark, Mark's been to a thousand places and never watched a game. <laughs> no, I move the food too. Eat the food. Yeah. No, I move around, but that's I, I've always done that. It's that's that's the thing with me. I've always moved around, even before Stadium Journey. So maybe uh, I I didn't realize that was a problem for people. I was like, well, you just but yeah, people just, just want to watch there, the game. Mark. They want to keep score. I, I mean, I go. I sometimes I meet up with some baseball folks. Wow, like they I used keep, to keep score. score. I used to do that. I, I, I have no anymore. problem. No, I like keeping score. I just can't sit still. Maybe yeah. I will test. Maybe I'll make a video of me keeping score this year. Uh, I'll see if I can sit down and watch the whole game. What do you? I do that sometimes. The over innings. under on two innings on that. When, when I'm with <laughs> when I'm with family members. When I went to the Astros game this year in Houston. I was with my cousin and their kids, so yes, I actually did stay and watch that game. So that it can happen, rarely. But I don't know. I can sympathize between Stadium Journey and all my PA stuff. I can't sit still and watch a game anymore, or you know, put a microphone in front of me. I have to sit still. But other than that, yeah, I'm all over the place too. Yeah. Um, for me, where am I heading? I got a lot of PA stuff, man. January, I got 25 games. I'm doing PA for this month. Oof. So, um, Oof, a lot of UMass Dartmouth, a lot of Brown this month, um, a lot of where else were we? Boston Pride this month, um, and I'm squeezing in a couple of Stadium Journey visits this month too. Uh, doing uh, our first visit to Stonehill Basketball as they moved up to Division One. Um, heading back up to Boston University for basketball. Uh, I think I'm heading to no- Northeastern for basketball. Already been up there for hockey. So, yeah, January is a busy month for me. You can follow my travels, my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. I do have a TikTok thing, too. But like you, Ashman, it's uh, entertainment only. <laughs> and remember, everybody, you can find all of our 2,600 stadium. Well, not all of them. We're moving them all over from the old site to the new site. But they're coming. We're working hard. They're on... Uh, www.stadiumjourney.com connect with us on social media channels at stadium journey remember you can find the audio versions of the stadium journey podcast by searching h-i-a-c talk radio network wherever you look for your favorite podcasts video simulcasts of all our podcasts can be found on our youtube page join us be part of the live studio audience every two every other tuesday night at 7 eastern at danlaw.tv we will be back in two weeks 
on January 24th. We're going international again. We're going to be joined by Shane Belter from japanball.com. We're going to talk some Japanese baseball. So we're going from Qatar to Tokyo. Love it, man. I love it. As always, thanks everyone for your support. Thanks for tuning in. Ashman, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you guys. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe stadium, safe stadium journeys, he tried to say, and close games. Hope to see you on the road real soon. Be safe out there.